0: Another Coffee Time Wednesday. All right. Welcome back to another Coffee Time Wednesday. The best 15 minutes of your week where we talk about three random subjects. You got me, Nicholas Lerio, your host. My favorite co-host, Ken Boucher. And his favorite co-co-host, Peyton Scandridge.
1: Co-host to the co-host. Co-host to the (laughs) co-host. That's right.
0: Man, what do we... uh, We've been talking about taxes for the past 10 minutes. Uh, Pay them, kids.
1: The IRS is a bad, bad man. You don't want to see them. <laughs>
0: I guess, isn't there that bill that was proposed to like abolish the IRS? It's not going to happen, bro. Okay.
1: The IRS is makes the world go round.
0: You guys want to know something interesting? I'm not trying to make big enemies, but uh, H&R Block and TurboTax lobbied against the proposed bill where the IRS would have just told you how much you owed every year.
2: Wow, they want to keep their uh, middleman status there in the tax. I guess scheme? so. Well,
0: and, and part of it makes sense because you're like, you're like, the government could just, hey, you owe this much, and there's nothing you can do, but you know what I mean. So they kind of can protect from fraud. But
1: this is supposed to be a happy time, not not a sad time. <laughs> 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 you said good 15 minutes. Now I'm
0: yeah, sad. All right, all right, okay. Ken, Ken, what you got? You got an interesting one for me.
2: Yeah. So uh, I was going to talk about. Uh, feral cows. That'll be next week. Just to kind of give you a little reason to come Dibs. back next week. My father in law uh, sent me an article on it. So, uh, shout out to my father in law, Jim. Thank you. It's coming up next week. Is it Poppy. Um, Peepaw. Peepaw. No, no, no. It's Jim Paw. Jim He has Jim-pa. a very. He has a very low maintenance. Uh, grandparent name. In fact, he would have been on like a like a one on the scale of one to ten because he just wanted my kids to call him Jim. <laughs>
0: that is so. What does Caitlin call him, Jim?
2: No, she calls him dad. But uh, the the story I'm going to talk about today are pig high rises. So uh, in in China, you know, some of these urban areas are just so you know the the square footage is just so valuable, right? And uh, just massive, massive population centers of people, and uh, so that not only does it require you know, great efficiency with space usage, but it requires a lot of food to feed all those people. Yep. And uh, I didn't know this, but uh, China is way ahead of everyone else in the amount of pork production that goes on there. And uh, it makes sense when you think about it from a human population standpoint, a lot more mouths to feed. But uh, to, to like make this work, they are constructing or maybe have already constructed, um, uh, these towers. I think they're 25 stories high that are going to how they're just in, you know, hog confinement buildings basically. And, uh, the, they're going to be able to raise and slaughter between these two towers. They're going to be kind of next to each other, uh, million hogs a year wow that's a lot of pork (laughs) (laughs) how does the the feces work because i you've been in a hog confinement right yep i thought of that immediately because here in a hog confinement shed you basically have floor slats that have a bunch of holes in them that the hogs are standing on and i'm sure this technology has evolved even since i was last in a confinement shed but Um, It basically collects underneath the shed and then uh, can be drained to like a slurry tank and used for fertilizer. Uh, All the article said was they have a system in place to drain that and reuse it as a fertilizer, I'm sure, is what they're going to use it for. Well,
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to throw it away. They can sell it.
2: Right. Yeah, it's going to be. So there's going to be use from that. And then it said there's 30,000 feeders like feeding units in this confinement what 30. and it's,
0: it's so it's a confinement that's just it's just like 40 or 60 stories tall. 25 20, 25 I 25, 25. Okay. but there's yeah. two
2: there's two buildings so i mean that's so total. crazy and uh they have cameras like on every stall and uh you know from an engineering standpoint and from a you know the corporate ag model standpoint efficiency money It seems like a, you know, a really shiny, new, good thing, right? Well, (laughs) but from you know somebody shiny, somebody, (laughs) yeah, right, yeah. Turns out you can put a shine on a turd, but the, (laughs) the, (laughs) anyways, the, 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 the point is, like when you look at it from that side, yes, looks great, but. The article talked about how there was a lot of controversy when this was, you know, shared around on social media. Like, hey, look at this thing that we're doing. Isn't it a great, you know, engineering marvel for pork production? And we've talked about it so many times on this podcast, how that model has taken away the small farm way of doing things. And, uh, you know, I 1.2 million hogs. It would be interesting to find this number. I'm sure we could. How much pork per family is you know how many like full size we'll say 200 250 pound hogs are consumed by per family in china but i gotta imagine that that 1.2 million number probably is pretty close to like maybe that number of families maybe be like 1 million families are fed by that. that's
0: like that's like 10 if if that fed all the hogs that or if that fed all the people that's like 10 families per hog which, to be fair, the families there are pretty small. Well, no, the. I, th- I bet. 10, you... no 10 people per
2: hog. Yeah, maybe. No. Well, I'd say. No, it'd be a, I'd say. Thousand just by a like family unit. Just do family unit. Oh, I got you. Per hog. I got maybe. you, Doug. Peyton looked it up. I looked it up. We're good. Huh? What, what so, do you got?
1: So in China in 2021, the average person consumed 23.68 pounds of pork.
2: Yeah, so I'd say. Yeah, that's probably fair. Which right? is like triple. You probably get, what, maybe 50 to 70 pounds of meat off of a slaughtered pig. I have no idea. Don't pigs weigh like 300 pounds? So maybe a little more than a pig per family. So you figure if that's like evens out to be one million families fed, you know, it would take a lot more space, of course, if you had every family owning their own pig. But maybe if you had, you know, like a couple, you know, like maybe one farming family for every three or four families that they could supply to you wouldn't need this confinement situation where you have these pigs that are as it said in the article uh artificially inseminated indoors and slaughtered indoors never ever seeing the light of day never leaving this facility wow praise god and and uh you know they're but yet they're a living mammal actually quite similar to humans uh, uh we use we use uh, uh porcine organs for uh like uh surgery like uh, nick and i just hung out with a, uh, a heart surgeon when we were up at pheasant fest and for a long time uh, pig heart valves were used in heart valve replacement surgeries in humans hmm. so you have this thing a mammal same uh, same uh, uh, family that we're in, right? Ma- or I don't think mammalia. Right mammalia. Yep. Is and, that actually it? And uh, straight made that up. So you're 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 taking your fellow m- mammal and you're making them live in these conditions for their entire life. Just seems, you know, not everyone's e- at ease with that. I am. I'd be one of those person who thinks that's probably not the right idea to go. Right. The Chinese government literally does not care what you think. <laughs> right, right, right. right. But, but, I mean, you see where that controversy rises when, no pun intended, when you uh, put pigs in a high-rise confinement their entire life.
1: That is the, the beauty of China, I guess, is they literally... They are efficient. D- yeah, do not care about PR. Dude, they Peter are. couldn't exist in China. No.
0: Nope. <laughs> well, it did in, like, the 1920s when they had that revolt, the bicycle revolt. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention to history class, guys. All right. Uh, All right. I think
2: he's thinking of the
0: Boxer
1: uh, Rebellion. Tiananmen Square. Now our podcast is banned in China. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) All
0: right. All right. My turn. My turn. So we were at Pheasant Fest, and our booth had the exciting privilege to be right next to Truax uh, Drill Booth, which is pretty cool. I talked to the owner on the phone. But I actually got to meet him. His name was Old old Jim, Old Jim Truex. And uh, I think he's like 85 years old. Super awesome. No, guy.
1: I don't think he was that old.
0: I No, he's he's definitely in his 80s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely in his 80s. He's, he's uh, at
1: least 25. He's <laughs> bare minimum. <laughs> but
0: get, get this. So he... <laughs> get, that really wasn't zero, that funny. Really zeroing <laughs> in on a value there. <laughs> this is the... Probably younger than 200, <laughs> too, if you really break it down. <laughs> Uh, you guys just, just disappoint me <laughs> on a spiritual level. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so really interesting guy. So get this, the, he had the idea. No one had really done a native cedar. He built the first efficient one in his front lawn with like no engineering degree, no parts, no tools. He had to like get it all himself. Didn't have a shop. He just like tinkered for, I believe years till he hmm. got this thing. I think John Deere's offered uh, to buy it, and he said no. And the reason he said no to John Deere was because he has lots of ideas, and he was afraid that John Deere would just poop on his certain ideas. And he's like, and I like being the boss. But uh, Mm. he was just a cool guy. He was a cool guy. We got to meet one of his uh – She's
2: value beyond the dollar.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, he he was an interesting man. We got to meet with one of his salesmen. Dan, we hung out with Dan for a long time. Yep, Dan was a cool guy. That guy does a lot of planting. But uh, So the uh, the Truax, like a base model that you pull by your tractor, is like 64000 or something like that dollars, which, I mean, for a piece of equipment, cool. And then they have like a smaller one that fits on the front of a skid loader, which is pretty cool, but it's only like five foot wide. Well, the... and,
2: and it's, not, it's not pulled by the skid loader. Like you don't plant with it. Yeah. I think that's just so you can move it around the yard. No,
0: no, you push it by the skid loader. That's how you plant.
2: Really? I thought it had, like, a three-point attachment. It does, if
0: you want, for, like, a small garden tractor. Okay, But, yeah, he said that a lot of people had skid loaders and didn't have garden tractors, yeah. which I was surprised. But anyway, so that one was about $25,000, and ours is $25,000, and it's a 10-foot wide one that you could pull down the highway. I just thought that was interesting. I, I guess we're underpricing ourselves.
1: Well, I think we bought the metal one. It was a lot cheaper, too.
0: Well, like They were made... When we were pricing that, we were pricing them at twenty thousand five hundred. Okay, yeah, interesting. So we we have gone up in price, but apparently not enough. I don't know. Interesting, but yeah. yeah well, so Truex got to meet that legend of a guy Jim, and so Great Plains is a huge Truex is a pretty big company. Great Plains is a huge company, um, and they actually just got the idea from Truex, according to Jim Trucks. Great Plains got the idea from Truex, but the only difference was they got like. 50 million dollars of investment and so now they are big 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 company so yeah. yeah and
2: they've been i mean and to you know not to to talk bad about great plains you know they've they've uh, been making a lot of other stuff for a long time too you know yeah. they just kind of got in on the native cedar you know about that nick i was i was just kind of really impressed by how many people saw value in native seed uh, I guess you don't want to say industry I mean it, it is but like the ideal the ideology behind it they wanted to be a part of it and help it yeah and would Even, be one of those. People. I
0: talked to one guy who had like 100 square feet and he was like yeah I don't want to till it up because I don't want to release the carbon and what you know whether you agree with that or not the point is he only had 100 square feet and he said I'm gonna do what I can do with my yep. 100 square feet what he knew how to do yeah, so that's awesome yeah I yeah, so the Truex. It was just really cool to meet Jim. My goodness, he is—he's uh, a sharp guy. So, but
1: uh, that's all I had. I guess I also I'm going to talk about vertical farming for five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, vertical farming is when you
0: grow. Hey, you you ain't talking into that
1: mic. I'm not. Okay. Sorry. So vertical farming. It's like when you grow some undisclosed leafy greens. Um, and you're only using, like, LED lights and stuff. Undisclosed um, leafy green. Let's, let's call it lettuce. You're growing lettuce. lettuce. Um, so a lot of people are trying to do it in urban areas. Um, but the the cost of land and everything, and apparently the cost of the energy or the light is close to, like, 60% of your cost, which in, you know, um, Iowa, you don't have to pay yep. for light. But... <laughs> Um Thankfully, there's sunlight is free. Yeah, the light is free unless you live in a city. Then you have to pay. Um but there's research going on at Purdue that has found out um that if you basically focus the light early on when the before the plant grows outward that you're s- not showing it on empty dirt and therefore wasting your energy. So they've started um Small on the light when the seed is starting to sprout and then spreading it when the plants actually start to cover more well, of the area that they're grown
2: in. Almost like on a microscope where you have like the adjustment under the, yeah, the it's, stage. To it was really cool because they the said That's
1: the. they had some unit for it, which is like the efficiency of the energy being used and how they've um, tried to make the LEDs more efficient to release less heat. And more light, because obviously the heat doesn't do right. much in this situation. It's all about yeah. the light that they want. So they're trying to make that more So efficient.
0: Purdue is growing these leafy greens? Is that what's going on? It's, they're trying to yeah. officially...
1: Well, they're doing it everywhere.
0: You know what they do? They do basketball and leafy greens.
1: Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I was talking about lettuce. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were doing all this research and trying to make vertical farming uh, more cost efficient, which is just really interesting, because a yeah. lot of these urban areas um there's a demand for locally grown food but you can't really have that yeah when
0: within 50 square miles you, like 50 square miles of you is a concrete jungle yeah so. it's mm. tough
1: but there are innovations going on that yeah. in vertical farming pig farming and uh marijuana i mean lettuce farming <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Wow. Well, that brings us to our 15 minutes. Wow. We talk about uh, pigs mostly, but, uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out. Uh I think Kent will be bringing us out.
1: Smooth jazz.